God, we pray you be with us as we consider your words to us today. Come with your healing power, we pray. Amen. Grab yourselves a seat. Lovely to have you here. If you missed a welcome at the beginning, it's great to have you join us. Today we are considering a passage that if you grew up in church, if you've hung around the edges of church, if you've you know, been to church for any length of time, I'm sure you would have heard it. It's a story about 10 lepers who go to Jesus and ask for healing. And today, um, this week as I read it, it reminded me a little bit of the process of um, when I was in sixth form, now known as year 12, um, being given a text from Shakespeare and saying, look for the themes. Because in this passage, there's a whole lot of themes that we pick up, particularly in the book of Luke. So as I read it, look for the themes. What is it in here that when Luke records Jesus' interactions, what is it that Luke wants us to get and to understand? What is going on in this passage? Look for the themes. And, uh, you know, when the exam paper gets passed around shortly, see how you go. But here, no, no exam paper, just... Just in case, Luke 17, here's the passage. As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Now this passage comes in a series of four. Last week we started and it's got a theme of faith. Last week, if you were here, we talked about if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain or this mulberry tree, get up and go and jump into the ocean. And we explored a little bit around faith and how people understand faith, and particularly around faith and healing, and how sometimes that, that gets twisted and distorted. So now I have a little bit of a challenge for you. This challenge is called, find someone who was here last week. I think there's a handful. And I told a story about a woman in a wheelchair who'd spent her whole life in a wheelchair, and she was forever taken to meetings where people prayed for her healing, and she was never healed, and she said something. So this is your chance. See if you can find someone who was here last week. Not only they had to be here last week, do they remember? What did she say about faith? Now, if no one knows, that's fine. It's just, you know, crushed to my ego. But... Um, Turn around, see if you can find someone. Who was here last week? What did the woman say?
Does anyone know? Did anyone remember? Do we, do we have a, someone over here remembers? Oh, listen to that, that's t- straight to the top of the class. Wasn't here, but watched it online on Monday. Yes. <laughs> So yes, similar. So one of the points she made was um, it takes a lot more faith to believe in a loving God when I'm not healed than it would if I was. And in this story, I think we see a little bit of this. Here's these 10 men and they're healed and off they run. Yay, thanks Jesus. I'll take my healing and off I go. And uh, there's just this one person who is more interested? Who is this man who healed me? And here is someone that Jesus commends for his faith. Now, this is one of the themes that is picked up in the Gospels. Who does Jesus commend for their faith? You know, faith is this, you know, belief in the goodness of God, belief that, you know, we can trust God. Who is it that Jesus commends for their faith? Often you'd think, you know, people with faith are the religious people. Look at them, they've got so much faith. You know, they hang out around the edges of church all the time. They're there. You know, look at those great. This is not who Jesus commends for their faith. All through the Gospels, it's very rare that Jesus does commend people for their faith. But it's not the religious people. But here we have Jesus saying to a Samaritan, Your faith has healed you. And he would have said that in front of his disciples. And it's a lesson. Here you go, disciples. Who is it that has the greatest faith here? Now, just a little bit of background sort of reading. Um, Here is Jerusalem, Bethlehem. They're the kind of hot centers in Jesus' day. Jerusalem was where it was all happening. And up the top there is Galilee, where Jesus was brought up. I often jokingly refer to it as Ashburton. Um, (laughs) Because it wasn't super well respected by those in the, in the hot center of Jerusalem. There would have been no university up here. And so Jesus came with this incredible teaching. And they're like, well, what university did you go to kind of styles? So that, and one of the reasons it wasn't super respected is smack bang in the middle is Samaria. This is where the Samaritans live. Now, Samaritans, most famous by the parable of the Good Samaritan. That's famous probably even in wider culture. The Good Samaritan cross-cultural boundaries to go and help a Jewish person who had been attacked. And it wasn't the Jewish religious leaders that helped the Jewish person, it was the Samaritan. Here Jesus challenges the listeners, who is my neighbor? Now here again, we've got the situation of Jesus now praising a Samaritan. Now the Samaritans believed a different set of beliefs about God. Originally, they were all one people group, the Israelites, and they'd sort of drifted off. The Jewish people thought the Samaritans had it wrong. They thought their beliefs in God were wrong. They thought how they understood God was wrong. They were just wrong. So for a Jewish person, a Samaritan would not have faith. Their faith was wrong. So here we've got the situation We've got a Samaritan being praised for Jesus, by Jesus for their faith. Now here is a, a wee bit of a common theme. It is not common where Jesus praises people for their faith, but there are some other 
instances of it. A Roman centurion, so this is another enemy. This is the oppressing um, army. This is, you know, an enemy who's taken the freedoms, takes taxes. The Roman centurion comes to Jesus and says, I have a servant and they are sick and can you heal them? And Jesus goes to make way to go and heal the servant and the Roman centurion says to Jesus, don't, don't bother with your time coming to my place. I'm an officer. I know that when I tell someone to go, they go. When I say come, they come. You have the authority, Jesus, just to say the word and my servant will be healed. Jesus did. The servant was healed and Jesus says, never in all of Israel have I seen faith like this. Here is the Israelites who um, praise themselves, or the Jews praise themselves for their huge degree of faith and yet Jesus is challenging that. It's the Roman centurion who has the faith. You people don't have faith like that. There's another instance. This is a Syrophoenician woman. So just to flick back to the map, Syrophoenicia is up here. And they are a completely different country, completely different people group, completely different religious system, um, different ethnicity. And a Syrophoenician woman comes to Jesus and begs him, heal my daughter. And Jesus' disciples try and make her go away because she is a foreigner, she's a woman, which in that culture, you know, is not uh, praised and upheld. And so they, the disciples are like, go away. And it's Jesus who reaches out, who heals this woman. And he actually has this banter with her. One of the few times that Jesus banters and lets her challenge him, and she does, and she's like, you know, you can heal my daughter. Jesus does, does. And again, Jesus praises the foreigner with a different religious system, different ethnicity for her faith in front of the disciples who thought they had it all sorted out. We are the ones with faith. So here's one of the first uh, points from this passage. Jesus is healing people and praising people for their faith that aren't the faithful religious people. Some reflections on this. Um, I mentioned this guy last week. The clicker's died. Can you click across a couple of slides to this guy, Walter Wink? And this is what he says. In contrast to the traditional, or this is a traditional religious view, Jesus regards holiness or wholeness, not uncleanness, as contagious. It's wholeness that's contagious, not uncleanness. Thus, Jesus touches the leper, the unclean woman, the sick, without fear of contamination, which was the fear that the religious people had. Holiness is not something to be protected. Rather, it is God's numinous, transforming power. Here is what is going on in this passage. Jesus has this holiness about him. And it's there to be shared. And it's there to be shared particularly to those on the margins, to those being excluded. Another comment on it. By focusing on the faith of the Samaritan, considered unclean and unsaved by Jewish religious authorities, Luke emphasizes that there is no one outside of God's invitation to new life. That's all that's required is our consent. I think one of the things as humans we do, we gather around and we face inwards and we decide that this group, our group, 
has got the right answers. And I think we see that more and more in our culture. It's becoming divided. People are like claiming we know the answer, we've got it right. And there's, you know, ostracization of people who believe different things from you, who, you know, act differently. And here Jesus is challenging that. It's this reminder we are all made in the image of the creator of the universe. We are all made in the image of God. And there's a call to remember and constantly Jesus demonstrates this, particularly in front of his disciples, hoping that one day they'll get it. This love is for everyone. Here's one part of the story going on. There's another part of the story and a curious part where Jesus heals the men, sends them on their way, and the sort of healing is revealed as they go. And one of them comes back and then makes this unusual statement because he's already been physically healed. Then he says to him, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you well. Now, why is he saying that when he'd already been physically healed? What's going on there? And I think one of the things that we can see is this emphasis that Jesus is making on something more than physical wholeness. Our culture is obsessed with physical wholeness and yet has this kind of love-hate relationship. On the one hand, we have fast food restaurants and delicious chips and chocolate and things to, you know, drag us into the pits of whatever, joy. (laughs) Um, And then on the other hand, we have 10 million apps that can tell you whether you've walked your 10,000 steps this today and you know how was your sleep last night did you get just to you know raise the anxiety did you get the proper amount of sleep that you needed was it quality sleep um are you eating the right food now you can get the apps that can guide you and tell you how many calories you're eating just this constant reminder of guilt and shame that you're not living up to how you should with your body our culture loves I think this this weird relationship and I think it's almost spiritual with our bodies you know We have to have these whole and perfect bodies. And yet here, I think, Jesus with this man is reminding us all that there's more to life than physical wholeness. Yes, it is great to be physically well, but there is more to life. Again, um, Walter Wink says this, there is healing and then there is wholeness. Only one leper recognizing his healing returns to give thanks and praise. There's an aching sadness in Jesus' question, but the other nine, where are they? I think there's an invitation to be curious, just like this man was, to go back in awe before Jesus and to remember, without recognition of the creator, of our place in the whole of creation, where will we be? I came across and was reminded of this passage again um, this week. It's a beautiful passage from Philippians 4. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. In the busyness of our everyday, 
it is hard to remember to come back to the one who heals, to the one who creates new life, to the one who brings wholeness, to the creator of the universe who loves us, who called us into being. And yet here is this reminder, don't worry about anything. Bring all your concerns to God and let God give you the peace that you long for. In our highly anxious culture, I think this is important to remember. Even last night, I had this funny like, little dance with this. I couldn't sleep for some reason, and I don't know about you, when I can't sleep, I get really annoyed. Like, I need to go to sleep. I need eight hours before a Sunday. That's non-negotiable. Go to sleep. At about four o'clock, I remembered something. My mum said it's just a little, it was a wee ditty. She used to say, you know, if you're up in the middle of the night and you can't sleep, pray, because if there's something that God wants you to pray about, at least you're praying. And if it's the devil keeping you awake, he'll want you to go to sleep if you start praying. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I don't think she fully meant that, you know, in the most literal sense, maybe she did. But, you know, so last night, four o'clock, I'm like, okay, I'll start praying. I also do this thing where I lie on my tummy. And, and sure enough, eventually fell asleep. But here's this reminder, you know, all through the night, I'm like, why can't I sleep? And then this memory, just pray. Bring all your concerns to God. One thing I've realized, if you pray to go to sleep, that doesn't work. <laughs> just start praying. And as I prayed this morning, there's a number of people in our church that are sick and struggling. So I'm like, start praying for them. And I think this peace eventually must have come over me because I fell asleep, finally. But here's this invitation. God is our healer. God longs to bring peace and wholeness in our lives. And it's not always physical wholeness, but there is a promise of this journey towards spiritual wholeness. If we remember, if we come back, who is it that we get our healing from? It's this great comment. Praise is always an interruption in our preoccupation, a turning back in our tracks, a turning towards the source of life and newness. We have an invitation to turn back in our tracks, to turn towards the source of life and newness. So as I finish, what I want to do is just have a few moments with this image up, just as a chance to reflect, where are you in this picture? Are you busy with the everyday worries and stresses of life? concerned only for the physical, running away, excited by the challenges ahead or what might happen. We're in the process of turning back towards the healer. And I think probably all of us have that challenge and war within ourselves. Have we gone back to the source of life lately? Is that where we're finding our hope and our peace from? So let's just have a moment of quiet as we contemplate this image and find ourselves in it before we pray together.
God, we pray, interrupt our preoccupations. Remind us that you are the source of all life and goodness, that in you we can find hope and meaning and purpose. Give us courage to turn back to you. Remind us to put aside time to come into your presence and remember that you are the source of love and life, that you bring healing and wholeness. Jesus, thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you journey with us. You are good. You bring life and healing. Amen.